we're in an era of rapid change where resilience is vital. The Davood for Thought podcast dives into the most important topics in government and technology today. Our host, Davood Goats, sits down with his vast network of colleagues to dish on the tech challenges that affect us all. Today, we have Mike Anderson on the podcast. Mike serves as Chief Digital and Information Officer for Netscope. Over the past 25 years, he has built and led high-performing teams across various disciplines, including sales, operations, business development, and information technology. He joined Netscope from Schneider Electric, a global Fortune 500 company serving as Senior Vice President, CIO, and Digital Leader for North America. In 2020, Constellation Research named him a member of the Business Transformation 150, an elite list that recognizes the top global executives leading business transformation efforts in their organizations. The National Diversity Council also recognized him as a top 50 CIO for diversity and inclusion in 2020 and 2021. Before Schneider Electric, Mike served as CIO for Crossmark, where he digitally transformed the business capabilities for the 40,000 employee service provider to the retail and consumer goods industry. Also, he has held executive leadership roles at Enterprise Mobile, a Microsoft joint venture that is now part of Honeywell, Insight, Software Spectrum, and Inverge, a web services pioneer he co-founded in 1999. Mike serves on numerous technology and industry advisory boards and volunteers his time working with nonprofit nonprofits focused on mental health and suicide prevention and those that benefit the development of our future workforce in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. What do you think in 22, what do you think are the emerging trends that you're seeing in the IT and business fields that we should all be paying more attention to these days? You know, I often talk about this is my, my eighth grader, when he was in seventh grade last year, he learned Python in his robotics class. Amazing. And, you know, I take that a step further, you know, three years ago, you know, I had the opportunity, it wasn't Shiner Electric to go visit uh, Clemson University. And the head of computer science at Clemson said that Python is the, is being, is the number one language being learned by college age students today, more than any spoken language. People are learning Python because it's the language of the data. It's the language of the cloud. And so if we think about the people entering our workforce today that are learning Python in as early as the seventh grade, they've grown up in a world where they can simply download an app from the app store, or when they have a problem statement, they can type their problem statement into a Google search. And within seconds, they've got all these software as a service solutions that they can, that pop up in the list in the search results that are potential solutions to their problem. So we have this, this workforce coming in today. And the, but the challenge is they're not coming into IT jobs. A lot of times they're coming into every role but IT. And, 
And if you put up that person's knowledge against even the people we've had in IT for 15 or 20 years, you know, there's not parity. In fact, a lot of time those new, the, that new workforce has more, what I'd say, digital in their DNA than a lot of our people that have been in our IT jobs for 15 to 20 years. And so I, I do feel like we have to shift our mindset away from one of control to, to one of how do we provide governed innovation secure innovation at the edge of our company, because if we can empower the people closest to the problem to solve the problem with technology and all the resources at their disposal, it's going to give us a level of agility that's going to really help us, um, you know, tackle and do things that we've never seen possible, right? So when I talk, when I see one of the emerging trends, I feel, really feel like that context shift in our mind away from shadow IT and control to business IT and enable I think is a is a big shift we're going to see in 2022, and we're going to see that rise of the business technologist, and we're going to continue to see that as we move forward over the next, you know, three to five years, and honestly, you know, going forward completely. Today, we have Drew Hinkle on the podcast. Drew is currently the Chief Information Officer for the California Department of State Hospitals. He has held this position since September of 2019, but he has been with the department since 2009. Before becoming CIO, Drew was the Chief Information Officer at DSH for about four years where he managed the enterprise server and networking team, as well as the client and field services team. Before DSH, Drew was a consultant in the private sector, and prior to that, he held technology positions at the California Highway Patrol and the California Secretary of State. Drew has a Bachelor of Arts degree from California State University, Sacramento, go Hornets, and he is a graduate of the Estate IT Leadership Academy. Drew, in your 10 plus years at DSH and your other experiences, what emerging trends are you seeing in the IT and business fields that we should all be paying more attention to these days? Um, COVID taught me that you have to have uh, like a single source of truth should be one source of truth, not like four. And it was actually amazingly difficult to do some things during COVID, like just how many vaccinations have we administered? And it was for a couple of reasons. One, we had instances of folks having different systems to collect the same data. So when my boss or my director would come and say, hey, can we build this in Tableau or publish this uh, data? We would pull a set of uh, information out of IT and then maybe my pharmacist would pull something then my hospital administration would pull something and none of us would match. We would be uh, we would be close. Like I mean, we're talking like fractions of a percent off, maybe. But when you're dealing with thousands and thousands, it, it's noticeable. And um, what we found oftentimes is that we either had different systems or we had different business rules about how we interpreted data. Um, and so that kind of showed the need. And I'd been kind of banging the drum of we need to have like a mature data organization. We need to put effort into this. We need to be. Um, data-driven. We need to spend our time building these, you know, these systems of record and, and using data to make the right decisions as opposed to using, um, you know, a gut instinct or a feel. And the feel is great when you have a lot of experience, but in general, I think I'd rather have kind of the, the data to make these decisions. The last thing I would say on kind of sort of a non-technology front 
is I'm focusing on building out my workforce. So building out a hybrid workforce. Um, And I think people have to focus their leadership on that. How do you build out your organization? How do you develop a culture that they care about the mission? They care about the success of the organization, especially when they're probably 80 to 90 and right now 100% remote. Like I have people that haven't been into, we opened a new building in July and I haven't, I have people that haven't been in there since July. Mm. Um, And so how do you, how do you do that? Right. You've got to be mindful in, in how you, how you bring people into your culture, how you onboard folks, how you recruit, you know, how, I mean, I can't, I can't just throw out, throw out positions on, on jobs.ca.gov and think I'm going to get, like a hundred good candidates, right? Because right. Like, right, like five years ago you could, but you can't anymore, right? It's true. So um, I think true. I'm focusing and my leadership, my IT leadership team, we're focusing a ton of time in trying to figure out how we make ourselves like a good destination employer, somebody that other like technology, good technologists want to come and work for. Um, and, and that's just a huge takeaway with COVID. It's it's uh, how do we recruit? How do we keep people from not wanting to jump for the next thing? How do we make them like ingrained and, and engaged in the organization? Thank you. Today, we have Bratton Riley on the podcast. Bratton is the founder and CEO of CityBot, a leading provider of AI-powered chatbot solutions for citizens and their governments. Before founding CityBot in 2016, Bratton led development and legal practices for Maybank Industries for almost 12 years. And prior to that, he worked in government for the Supreme Court of South Carolina. Bratton received a degree in history from the University of Virginia, as well as a JD and MBA in international business from the University of South Carolina. Bratton has also served on nonprofit boards in the areas of education, the arts, and public health. You know, having worked with lots of public sector entities, what emerging trends are you seeing in the IT and business fields that we should all be paying more attention to these days? Well, I think, you know, the most glaringly obvious outcome that we're seeing with the pandemic is the increase in government adoption of innovative technology. They, governments can, uh, in an agile way, uh, bring in new technology to help uh, apply it to a need that's out there. And I think governments, many of them realized how important communications and engagement has been through this experience that we've all been through over the last, you know, two and three quarter or one and three quarter year, 18, 20 months now. And so we've seen some uh, embracing of the new technologies faster. Uh, I think some governments and we salute them are really focusing on what is the user journey in connecting with us and what should it be. Um, A lot of these decisions previously were made internally by different siloed departments in government 
without necessarily taking into consideration, well, what is, what is the resident's experience? What should it be? And we're starting to see some governments embrace that, and we're seeing, you know, when I started this company five years ago, Davud, for the first few years, my sales presentations were more of an educational um, uh, uh, session, so to speak, uh, which isn't a great sales uh, methodology where I was explaining <laughs> to governments that this technology exists, that you can have an AI-powered chat experience through multiple channels like text and web chat. Um, and now we see governments are more comfortable and as we have more and better online chat experiences with commercial entities that we deal with, we're starting to see uh, more appetite for the AI technology specifically, Davud. That's absolutely true. A lot of things that would have taken many more years of debate were embraced because of what we have gone through in the last few months or a year and a half, two years. Today, we have Jag Nagendra on the podcast. Jag is a multi-skilled business and engineering professional with over 30 years of experience in organizational leadership, management, and entrepreneurship in both the private and public sectors. For the past decade, Jag has been working for the California Department of Water Resources as office chief, leading three branches of 80-plus engineering and IT professionals. He has held various leadership roles with the PMI Sacramento Valley Chapter Board, and earlier this year, he started a two-year term as president and CEO of the PMI Sacramento Valley Chapter. Congrats, Jag. Jag has a degree in electronics and telecommunication engineering, and he holds several certificates in leadership, management, and effective communication. He's also a certified project management professional, change management professional, and emotional intelligence life coach. In addition, he has earned a distinguished Toastmaster Award, a high honor that can be earned by a member of Toastmaster International. My next question, Jag, is about um, inspiring innovation. Not just innovation, but you've had teams. You have a very large team right now at Water Resources. How do you inspire them to look for new and innovative ways of doing their work? How, what inspires innovation on your team? Okay, another great question. I want to begin by saying in business, there is a saying that if we are not growing, then we are dying. Mm. And similarly, I believe that if you're not innovating, we are getting closer to dying. And innovation is not an option at all. Innovation is, is essential. Innovation is fundamental to any business. Innovation is so important. It doesn't matter whether it's a private or a public sector. There are two things that come to my mind working at DWR. One is we all know that there is never going to be enough resources to perform certain tasks or work on certain projects. If we have to be successful with given resources that we have, whether it is people, technology, or even money, 
there is no way you can decide such more without innovating. What do I mean by that? We need to continuously assess our process. We need to continuously assess our solutions that we have. We need to continuously assess the risk and then come up with the better systems or better processes that will help us to get closer to our mission. And most important thing in innovation, I have seen in the industry and the business tend to forget there is an element of a willingness to embrace change. That's something we need to talk about it when we talk about innovation. Why? Because any innovation will bring change, guaranteed. And now if we do not have people who are going to embrace that change, then the innovation effort is gonna fail. So it's important that we as leaders not only inspire innovation, but also work toward helping people embrace change and be upfront about it and not wait until the innovation effort brings out the change and then we start looking at, oh my God, nobody is like me. Instead, we should be upfront, we should be talking about change and embracing the change ahead of time, even before we start doing any innovation stuff. Today, we have Rishma Kimji on the podcast. Rishma is currently the CIO for the Police Department, City and County of San Francisco. She has been in the IT industry for over 20 years and has worked in public service since 2008. Prior to San Francisco, she was the Director of Technology for City of Reno and Director of Technical Services for Albuquerque Police Department. She has a bachelor's degree with a concentration in computer science and a master's degree in economics from the University of New Mexico. She is also a project management professional and a certified scrum master. What is your why? In other words, what motivates you in your work? So what motivates me the most is this transformation that technology can make in a community's life. Um, I believe in empathy and service delivery. Um, And with empathy, we need to look at equity and equitable distribution of services. Um, That digital engagement component is so reliant on ensuring that we reduce the digital divide so that community members have access to services, whether it is things like MVD, you know, being able to register your car online, getting your ID online, um, to paying your bills and your utility bills, um, to looking for jobs. Uh, with the pandemic, we had you know remote work and remote school. And how important is ensuring that we have infrastructure to support those uh, needs? Um, that goes back to wellness and health and workforce management in a very remote and virtual. Uh, capacity. And so for me, I'm so excited and very passionate about ensuring that we're looking at the equitable distribution of services and in policing and in just basic city government organizations. It's important that we look at the whole community um, as well as the subsets and, and the different areas where they may not have those equitable services. And how do we transition 
and supporting them and ensuring that they have the ability to engage with government because we have to ensure that we are able to provide trusting relationships so that they trust the services will be available when they need it the most. And so um, being part of the San Francisco Police Department in the technology uh, division, it's, it's important and so exciting to see the different ways that we are pushing our reform initiatives throughout the communities, knowing that they can access those uh, services in a way that is remote, it is equitable, and it allows greater engagement for the services that they need. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rishma. Thank you to all the listeners out there for joining us as well. We will see you all in the next episode of Davood for Thought, where we will shed more light on the human side of technology.